0: The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King and Cameron Colley. Thank you very much and welcome along to episode 109 of the Boys of Tech for Monday, the 28th of March, 2011. My name is Edwin Herman. Also joining me on the panel is Cameron Colley from Brisbane, Australia. Welcome along, Cameron.
1: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me.
0: And Cameron, is it still warm as ever up there in uh, on the Queensland coast?
1: Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's a, It was about, hit about 32 this week, which is getting there. It's for... Uh, it's supposed to be getting cooler, but it's still warm. Uh, so I guess in Fahrenheit, that's about 89 degrees Fahrenheit.
0: Oh, that's lovely. You know, we New Zealanders only have a dream of summers like that. Tell you what, let's kick off the show. But before we do that, we should introduce Ben Krasnow, who joins us on the panel. Hello, Ben. Hi there. How are you doing? We're very well, thank you. And how are you? Quite good. So, Ben, you're uh, you're from California. Yeah. And we've got you on the show this week because you did something absolutely, well, I I thought it was absolutely incredible. You posted a video of a contraption you built and uh, you narrated it. And in fact, I almost couldn't believe what I was reading when I first read the headline. Tell us, what did you actually build in your garage?
2: I built a scanning electron microscope, uh, which is a bit of lab gear that's uh, common in research labs, but not too common in the average garage.
0: You actually built yourself a scanning electron microscope.
2: Yeah, that's wow. right. It's, um, uh, you know, I used power supplies from eBay and uh, raw materials, metals and plastics and such. And uh, yeah, put the thing together.
0: That's amazing because, you know, scanning electron microscopes, I mean, you know, you're, you're those, the big ones that, uh, that you see in labs, big professional ones. We're, we're talking millions of dollars and you've built something that's uh, albeit smaller, but the same concept.
2: Yeah, it's true. They, they, um, commercial scanning electron microscopes have a pretty big price range. So the really small, cheap ones are, I think, about $50,000. But it's true, the, the very large, expensive ones, I think they might, <clears throat> might get up to about a million. Oh, OK. So you can actually get small ones. Yeah, there's a, there's a desktop SEM. Uh, you know, SEM is a scanning electron microscope uh, produced by a company called Phenom, I think, in the Netherlands. And uh, they're billing this as, like, the smallest, most portable scanning electron microscope. And I think they're somewhere around $75,000. Oh, okay. Right. That's impressive. That's awesome. That video was a bit of an inspiration for me, too, because I was, you know, hoping to build something smaller than um, a typical commercial scanning electron microscope, which is, you know, like the size of, like, a couple refrigerators. So have you had any companies, like, uh,
1: contact you since you posted the video, asking you to... Possibly sell them the rights to it or anything like that?
2: Um, not quite that interesting, but I did I actually was contacted by someone who works at Phenom. And um, you know, he said, Oh, it's you know, we, we kind of chatted a little bit about how how certain problems were addressed in the microscope design. And I think I, I think I saw a comment or two from someone else that worked at a an electron microscope manufacturer. But uh certainly no one was interested in buying uh, my design yet. <laughs> wow. That's great, though.
0: What do you actually plan doing with it? I mean, would you sell it on eBay just for fun, or would you? Are you going to keep this? This is your little baby, if you like.
2: Yeah, it's. It, I don't think it would really be saleable. It's. It's. Um, you know, it's kind of. Um, it's rough. Let's just. Yeah, say. but as,
0: as a D, <laughs> as a DIY unit, you know, as a do it yourselfer, I mean, that has some value in itself. I mean, sure, I understand you're not going to sell it like a, a commercial product. But the DIY aspect of it well, I would have thought would would generate a lot of interest.
2: Yeah, actually it it has generated a lot more interest than I was expecting too. I think the original YouTube video is up to about 45 or 50,000 views by now.
0: When did you post uh,
2: that? Uh Sunday.
0: So just over a week ago. You're right. Wow, that's amazing.
2: It's it's definitely been my most popular video. I've got, you know, various other videos. And occasionally one of them will be featured on like com or something. And those, those might get five to 10,000 views. So 40 to 50 is definitely high by my standards. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. So for those of you
0: new to scanning electron microscopes, I mean, after all, I don't expect anyone here on the show to, to understand them fully. But Like, like just me, in for sim- example. <laughs> I have
1: no idea what it does, but I'm impressed.
0: <laughs> well, let me just say that in, in simple terms, these are very, very different to your ordinary optical microscope. An optical microscope, anyone can do. I can do it even you know? Well, okay, maybe not, but (laughs) an optical microscope is very, very different. You're basically using lenses to look at an object, but that's not the case in a scanning electron microscope, is it, Ben?
2: Right. Yeah, you're right. So in in a scanning electron microscope, there's no image formed. It's not like you're using a lens to look at something. Uh, What happens is is the electron beam is scanned across uh, the sample, the thing that you're looking at, and through uh, through physics, the sample sort of emits the uh, secondary electrons. So think of like using a you know a BB gun to fire BBs at something. When the BBs hit the object, it actually some debris is scattered. And very similarly, electrons are liberated from the surface of something when you hit them with a beam of electrons. So the the scanning electron microscope works by collecting that signal, basically uh, collecting the debris. And uh, reconstructing that into an image of the object.
0: So, why did you build it? What made you ever think? Did you just wake up one day and think, "Hey, I'm going to build a scanning electron microscope because no one else has done that in their garage before"?
2: Uh, it's sort of. I mean, I, I've been interested in particle physics for a while, and so I, I was thinking. I, I originally I was going to build something like a cyclotron, which is you know a small scale particle accelerator. Uh, but there's kind of a number of safety issues with that, and the final product isn't as fun as having an actual microscope because you can look at stuff and, you know, make all those cool insect images that everyone sees on the on the net. So the benefit of having a microscope is that you can actually use it once you're done. And a cyclotron, yeah. uh, you can make radioactive substances, which I don't, <laughs> I don't know how useful that is.
0: <laughs> you know, it would have been so great having Brett on the show. Unfortunately, Brett can't make it this week. But, you know, Brett and I actually went to school together and... When we were in high school, we both took a physics course, and one of the things we were going to build together was a cyclotron.
2: Yeah, yeah, Mm. it has a lot of appeal, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, manipulating particle physics is is pretty fun, and so I think that has sort of a cool factor all all of its own there.
0: But I reckon definitely not as cool as a scanning electron microscope. Now, I haven't actually seen any uh, photos. I've seen your video I haven't seen any photos of, of any objects under the microscope. What sort of resolution do you get and what sort of magnification, what sort of quality are the images?
2: Right. Actually, I just posted a couple yesterday. And the quality and resolution are not at all uh, up to scale yet. This is still pretty preliminary. So I think, I think the resolution that I'm getting now is probably 50 micrometers or even 100 maybe. So it's, it's very coarse. Uh, mostly just because there's so much noise in the system that it's, it, I'm not able to zoom in yet, basically, because there's so much noise. Uh, but I think I'll probably get down to at least 5 to 10 micrometers and maybe even 1.
0: Okay, that's pretty good for, a, as I say, a, a sort of a do-it-yourself job.
2: Oh yeah. In fact, I mean, I, you know, making any image at all, I, I consider the project practically done already. I mean, even though yeah, you know, with, the, with the, with the primitive images I've made, even I, that was basically as far as I was hoping to get.
0: <laughs> you know, if this was me doing it, I would have spent not just three months, but like three years doing it. And I still wouldn't have got an image. You know how oh, you know, disheartening you, know. you know, you know, <laughs> these projects are that you embark on uh, when you get nothing at the end and, and eventually you scrap it. That's, that would happen to me.
2: Yeah, well, like you say, I was worried. I mean, I was kind of planning for that and thinking, well, maybe I should have a backup plan for Maker Faire or something. But I decided that if it didn't work, I would have just brought it and said, well, it didn't work.
0: (laughs) So, can you only look at metal objects, or can you look at anything? Or can you look at organic substances?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, you've seen all those professionally made uh, electron microscope photos of like insects, for example, and and in order to do that, you do have to coat the insect with Metal, um, which requires another piece of equipment called a vacuum deposition or a sputtering machine.
0: So that's your next project, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the
2: the vacuum chamber that I that I used to build my microscope was originally a vacuum deposition thing that I was working on. Oh, Okay. Uh, it's con- it's actually much much easier to build that. But it's true that non conductive objects typically have to be coated with metal to make it to make them visible to the microscope.
0: So would that be the only way of looking at an organic sample?
2: Yeah, pretty much. In fact, the the metal coating is to sort of drain off excess charge. And so if you put something, if you put an insulator in the microscope to look at it, it's possible that the electrons will keep building up in the sample. And since it's not conductive, the charge has nowhere to go. And so as the sample gets charged up, your image may disappear after if if, if the charge is too high.
0: I'm just looking at some of the images you posted on your blog at benkrasnow.blogspot.com. That's benkrasnow, dot wblogspotcom And uh, yeah, look, I, I, they, those are new f- images. Those are great.
2: I'd be yeah, happy with yeah. that.
0: I'd be very happy with that.
2: Yeah, it's getting better and better. And so I, I'm yeah. sure I, I, I can see how to improve it more now even. And so I, I'm sure it'll get up to the point where I could do it. It'll at least be recognizable that it's a fly or a spider or whatever I'm going to put in there.
0: Do you just build cool stuff in your garage all the time? I mean, or is this the first thing you've done?
2: No, I've been tinkering for a long time uh, in in various shops. And uh, this is actually what I do for a living, too. I mean, I don't get to to build stuff quite this cool for a living. But I I build electromechanical prototypes for MRI researchers. So it's pretty similar to what I do for fun. It's, it's all, you know, machining and electronics and stuff. Basically the same, you know, I, when I finish work, I basically just keep doing the same thing for the, for the rest of the evening. That's, that's how I, you know, relax.
0: So where do you get the parts from? I mean, the <laughs> bell jar. I was looking at the bell jar. Where do you get that? I mean, I wouldn't know where to buy a bell jar from.
2: Yeah, the bell jar, the bell jar was an eBay item that I bought a long time ago. Probably... Probably eight years or more ago or oh, something. Right.
0: Okay. So you've kinda yeah. got a stock of stuff in your garage, a whole pile of stuff that you can pull out and, you know, put together and into something useful.
2: Yeah, definitely. There there's a lot of a lot of junk out there. So you're a bit of a hoarder. Yeah, I mean I try to keep it reasonable. The the shop has to be functional. And so I, I recently moved to a much larger shop uh in June. So I used to be in like a, a very small two car garage that was maybe two hundred and fifty square feet. And uh, I moved to a different city, but also in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I've got a shop that's about 800 or 900 square feet now. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's a good size now. I'm actually, uh. I've got enough space to stretch out now.
0: Oh, I, I could only dream of that. My, yeah, wife, my wife wouldn't a, like it.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I searched for a long time uh, for, the, for this house. In fact, when I bought this house, I was mostly interested in the shop and, you know, got what I was looking for there.
0: So everyone else looking through the house, looking at, all oh, nice kitchen, yep, yep, nice lounge, very nice color scheme here, and uh, you're busy in the shop looking at, uh, looking at the space in there, right?
2: Yeah, that's exactly how it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so what do you do outside of work and outside of uh, these sorts of projects?
2: Uh, I play bass guitar in a, in a rock cover band. Oh, cool. What sort of, uh, what sort of rock do you play? Uh, mostly classic rock, uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, we, we occasionally throw a new song in uh, just, just for interest, but mostly older stuff.
0: Oh, that sounds like my kind of stuff. The Doobies? The Cars? We, Toto. Uh,
2: yeah, we do have Cars. Yeah, yeah, we do have a Cars song.
0: You know, the Cars are my favorite band of all time. Oh, uh, yeah? Absolute favorite band, yeah. Hey, that sounds like my kind of stuff. I'm, I'm going to have to get to, uh, to California at some point and uh, listen to you guys play.
2: Yeah, right on. It's, it's, I definitely recommend a visit. It's, it's a good place to live and visit.
0: Well, it'll be a lot easier than you bringing the band out to New Zealand, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been in New Zealand, but not with the band before. Yeah, I understand you went to Christchurch. Is that right? Yeah, I was in Christchurch in uh, about two years ago. Um, I had some spare time after a conference in Melbourne, and so took the short flight over to Christchurch.
0: You know, just before the show, we were talking about the the, the US and how... All the, the different states are quite different to each other. And to some extent, it's the same with with the North Island and the South Island of New Zealand. You'll find a, a marked difference between the, the people and the landscape of, of both islands. Yeah, so it's
2: interesting. I, you know, I, was th- I was thinking you know, if I, if I go back to visit, I, I definitely would try to see the other island. In the South Islands, it reminded me quite a bit actually of California in the winter. So I went in June, so it was winter there. Oh, okay, and uh, and you know it, was, it, it looked just like California—dead grass and stuff—and uh, you know not—it wasn't heavily uh, wooded or anything. Kind of a lot of grasslands.
0: Well, I've heard people draw similarities between Wellington, which is which is where we're based. Well, I mean I'm Cameron's in Australia, but Brett and I both do the show from Wellington, and. Uh, I've heard the uh, similarities, similarities drawn between Wellington and San Fran. Apparently, oh, yeah. it's, it's very similar. Got similar sorts of the old sort of villas, the the old houses, and sort oh, of yeah. narrow, windy roads in you know, the hills and stuff. I mean, that's very much Wellington, and as I understand, very much San Francisco.
2: Yeah, right on. Yeah, old Victorian houses and stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: Hmm. So next time you come out, you should uh, you should try Wellington. We'll be good to you. We'll
2: yeah, show, we'll, right. we'll show you around. Absolutely.
0: Well, Ben, I must say that was a fascinating video to watch of yours. The fact that you actually built a working scanning electron microscope in your garage is not only unbelievable, but it's, it's just fantastic. So, so thank you very much for taking the time to join us on the show this week.
2: No problem. Thank you. And uh,
0: just tell us again, where can people get to your blog that shows all the videos and the images from the microscope?
2: Yeah, the uh, address is benkrasnow.blogspot.com. All it's b uh, b e n k r a s n o w dot blogspot
0: Brilliant! So uh, to our listeners, head over that way, check it out. This is truly unbelievable, and uh, I wish you all the best for, for your upcoming projects. I'll I'll definitely be keeping an eye on your uh, on your blog.
2: Great! I'll be listening to future shows.
0: Brilliant! Thank you very much. And uh,
2: yeah, thanks very much.
0: And thanks for joining us.
2: Okay. Talk to you later.
0: All right. Bye bye.
2: Bye bye. Wow!
0: Cool. There you go, camera. What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, 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 it's fantastic. It's um, that's awesome. You must have a fantastic job to be able to uh, oh, do yeah, a, great place. a, dream, uh, a know, dream job. Such a fantastic uh workshop like that. It's awesome,
0: isn't that unreal? Eh? I mean, you don't come across someone who builds a scanning electron microscope every day.
1: I was gonna ask if could work on a wormhole machine for Brett and I so we can, oh, you know. yeah,
0: the, <laughs> the wormhole machine, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that'd be great. yeah. I'm glad yeah. we didn't have that conversation.
1: I tell you what, though, hmm. I reckon he would have been kid making the volcanoes in science fair at school.
0: Yeah, I reckon too. I reckon too. <laughs> For sure. Either that, or he was the one that always went there one step further, did something just cooler. Yeah, just a little bit cooler.
1: Yeah, he, it, he would have. Actually, he's probably already made a, a a perpetual motion machine that 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 increases in speed.
0: Yeah, he probably has. He's probably made a rail gun and a an EMF gun and all sorts of stuff too.
1: Yeah, definitely made out of laser, out of uh, small mirrors and. A, you know,
0: Oh yeah, we what show was that from? I
1: remember that. It was about three shows ago.
0: Yeah. Oh, they, that's so cool. Wouldn't it be awesome to, to have a job like that and the ability to go home and tinker after work and do just cool stuff like that. I mean awesome. three look, we're talking three months. He built this thing in
1: three months. That's crazy. His next project's like a flux capacitor for his car.
0: <laughs> go back to nineteen eighty eight.
1: If it was this, if the movie was made this year, he would have gone back to nineteen eighty one.
0: Oh, thirty 30 years back. Yeah, that's right. So it was uh, 90, 95 back to 55. Well, 85, no, it was 85. 85 then. back to 55. Okay, so let's check out the stories for this week. Now, the biggest one the video that went viral, the video of Casey Hines a body slamming the guy who was picking on him. Now, Cameron, you, you would have seen
1: that video, right? Uh, yes, I, I don't live under a rock. How could you not have seen that video? Anyone with an internet connection saw that video. It was the hugest thing, seriously.
0: Well, even I, anyone I, watching TV no, would have no, seen Not did
1: I watch it, I must have watched it like five times in a row. Yeah, I, look, I did, did too. I did yeah. too.
0: And each time I thought,
1: yes. There was that little that little feeling, that little thing inside of me, that little, that 10-year-old kid who got hassled at school, suddenly went, yeah, every time that kid got slammed. And I would yeah. just keep rewinding it back and going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Inside, it was awesome. And, you and know when what? he, and and he it, limped away, I felt even better. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> and,
0: and do you know what? I think a lot of people felt exactly the same way.
1: Yeah, it was huge. I saw reports from Fox News in the US as well as some UK stations, but it was just the biggest thing. Apparently, it was discussed on Oprah. It was just uh, – it was massive, absolutely massive. And, and the time frame it was the, literally – it was around the world in, in less than, than 24 hours.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, before the internet, this kind of stuff, I mean, would make news, but it just – you don't get the – Virality is that a word? The vi- the virusness, the virality. I'm going to invent some new words on the show. I what about put a-
1: a word virusness,
0: virusness. Shall we? Shall I go with virusness? You didn't get that. <laughs> you didn't get that much virusness
1: no, before the internet, you know. No. no. Well, there's no way. I mean, a it wouldn't have been filmed. If it did, it might have made it a local TV station. In which case, that might have been it. And chances are, I probably didn't even leave the school. The school would have confiscated the video because it would have been one single handheld. That was it. So maybe a, a you know a couple of kids in a classroom got a laugh over it, and it wouldn't have gone any further than that. But thanks to the interwebs and everyone having a mobile phone with a you know some sort of uh, video recorder in it, everyone's their own journalist and cameraman, and there it goes. Yeah, look, as you
0: said, there are actually two parts to it, aren't there? There's the fact that nowadays you know we have these portable devices that that take video. So the internet is just one aspect of this, the, the fact that, you know, the, these mobile devices are out there in schools and, and well, everywhere, you know, that's really the, the combination of the two. And, and we, you know, well, where am I going with this? I have no idea. But there you go. I thought I'd mention it.
1: It's okay. We all went there with you, though. That's the important thing. <laughs> you, you let us down a dead end, but it's okay. We're all here. We're all still together.
0: <laughs> all right. I'll lead you back down a different uh, different road. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. But, yeah, no, as you said, there are actually two parts of this. So the fact that the internet's there to spread the footage, but the fact that the footage can be taken in the first place because we've got these portable devices that are so small. And... Uh, And again, I've taken it down the same dead end and I thought a new thought would come to mind, but it didn't. So I will now end this part of the story.
1: Okay, how about I bring you back? Uh, Funnily enough, I've noticed here that the footage that we're looking at that's on news.com.au, if you search Casey Haynes on that, you can find the video. I've noticed that the actual, uh, the faces are all blurred out. If you go to tmz.com on their front page, they have the video, not blurred out. So you get to see everyone.
0: Yeah, what what is with it? And actually, uh, there's a whole bunch of videos all over the show. I mean, YouTube's full of them. And yeah, some blew them out, some don't. What is with that?
1: Uh, well, it depends where they got the source video from, I imagine. But yeah, I think in the US it didn't matter. They didn't, you know, I guess in maybe this, they were protecting the kids' identity. There could be some law here, I'm not sure. But they certainly didn't care on TMZ. They went, here's, here's what the kids look like. So it's awesome. I uh, saw so on YouTube too, you can find the, uh, they, they overdubbed the action with Mortal Kombat sounds. And it's like a... Yeah,
0: there's like been a, there's like a, there's like a, a few fake, takeoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do all the sound effects and then there's like the fatal blow or whatever at the end when he when he body slams the kid.
0: Some of them have the life showing up the top, you know, the, um, <laughs> <laughs> the life bars. Oh,
1: God, I love it.
0: Going back to what you said, I, I think one of the reasons this went so viral was that it struck a chord with a lot of people. Hell oh, yeah. If you've either been bullied yourself or you've witnessed people being bullied and it just made you sick. You know, when you watched this video, you thought, good on you, good job. Mm. So anyway, he was interviewed on A Current Affair. Did you see that interview as well?
1: Uh, no, I didn't, no.
0: There were two interviews. There was one on A Current Affair and then another one on, I think it's you've got a channel there called 9MSN or something, or Channel 9 or?
1: Channel 9, which would have, That's A Current Affair. Oh, is that a cur- t- oh, that's currently fair. So current 7, affair, yeah. what's your, what's your seven is channel? That's today, that's today Tonight.
0: Yeah, that one. Okay, Today Tonight. <laughs> what, what's, yeah. what's with that show
1: name? I don't know. <laughs> but it was Whatever Happened Today. It's on tonight. <laughs>
0: it's just confusing. Anyway, so yeah, that, that show, that, that other one, Today Tonight, Tomorrow
1: Today, Yesterday, that show, mm-hmm. they interviewed the bully. I know. Did you see that <laughs> video? Well, I'm annoyed because the bully got money. The bully doesn't deserve money.
0: Did he get money for that interview?
1: Yeah, they were, apparently uh, they both got around, they got around forty or fifty thousand for their interviews. No way, really? Yeah. And the bully tried to come out and say, oh, "I've been bullied too." It's like, come on, you're a little yeah, punk.
0: Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. But you know what? I I thought something was interesting in that video because now it's we don't know what happened before that. But the bully reckons there was a little bit more that happened before that.
1: No, the bully's making up excuses. You reckon he's making it up. Oh hell yeah. The kid's life is ruined. I mean, he's probably had to move house like three times already.
0: But, you know, looking uh, at him, though, he actually doesn't – you know, he had watery eyes, right? Yeah. He, he did. That, that's not yeah, a fact. Kids, he, His eyes were red around the edges. He, he was starting to cry. Good, he, he, good. Absolutely. Yeah, good job. But the fact is I, I think there's a little bit more to it than that. I, I think, you know, I think a real bully wouldn't have cared, wouldn't have had any emotion.
1: I'm not sure. See, I, I saw an interview with his mother maybe a couple of days earlier and she was basically freaking out, saying, my son's being harassed. We can't leave the house. It's not fair that this has happened to him. Please take it off the internet. All you people are ruining my son's life. As no, no the, but hang like, on.
0: She said she also, yes, she did say that, but she also said that uh, he deserved what he got. She said that. There was one mistake, and I think it was Fox News that reported this, and, and they admitted it was wrong. They sent out a correction later on. The initial report, which was wrong, was that the mother allegedly had said Casey should apologise. That's not what she said. So what she actually did say was that my son should apologize to Casey. And that was corrected. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a misreport. There was a, cor- a correction put out on that.
1: I've got a funny feeling that Casey has been bullied because, I mean, seriously, look at the size of him compared to that little wimpy bully kid. Only a kid who they know is not going to respond, who has basically copped it from day one, who was an easy target with a small, frail, Buck 12 year old take on a 16 year old like that. Yeah, this that's is, true. Yeah, that's I'm true. looking at the whole scenario, and even when I saw the kid on the interview, I thought, you're meant to be what, in, you know, 12 or something. You look 10, you must weigh maybe 20 kilos tops. He was the thinnest, <laughs> most frailest kid I've ever seen. And if he's taking pot shots at someone who's clearly yeah, I think three, he... three, three times his size, I mean, that kid's got to be the school whipping boy. There's no doubt about it. So
0: yeah, I think you've got a point.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's why I thought yeah no, Casey's been telling the truth, and and initially not only that, the whole thing about him being bullied the entire time that came out straight away. That was in the very first news articles, and other kids had said that. So it, it was pretty clear that Casey was the school whipping boy, and and that's what he copped. And so hence, some young kid who's you know a first year there, trying to make a name for himself, has rocked on in and thought it was easy. Just walked on in and started laying punches into this kid. So. I don't know. I'm still backing Casey on this one.
0: Well, 230,000 other people are also backing Casey on this one. I mean, that's how many online friends he's got now.
1: Yeah. Not only that, I wish YouTube didn't pull the video as some sort of public service announcement to bullies. And not only that, I want to see the the view count. That would be awesome. If we had some sort of centralized... Because, I mean, the video has just been spread out everywhere. So it's had millions of views all over the place. But I'd love to see the view count on YouTube as the official, this is the one video, you know it'll be taking that Rebecca Black's Friday it'll be kicking that to the ground for sure
0: oh don't mention that No, Th- that's okay, a terrible actually can we, we play a snippet of that song yeah let's do it alright take a listen to this 7am waking up in the morning gotta be fresh gotta go downstairs
1: And they call cool, this music? I mean, what is with that? It's I just that's pathetic. Like I said, you know, the internet, it connects everyone. There's the bad side of it. Hence, Rebecca Black. True. For, for everyone who gets to upload a, you know, a video of a bully and, and change the minds of millions of people, the same person gets to upload a Rebecca Black video <laughs> and yeah, torment the minds of more people. So speaking of
0: uploading videos to YouTube, did you see the video that Mark Bow uploaded? Another one that went kind of viral?
1: I did. It's awesome. It's absolutely fantastic. If, if you're looking for the video, it's called Don't Steal Computers Belonging to People Who Know How to Use Computers. <laughs> yes, if you, that's if you right. Go to YouTube, enter that phrase Don't Steal Computers Belonging to People Who Know How to Use Computers. At the moment, it's on about 1.2 million views. Just watch it and sit back in awe.
0: So the story goes he's an 18 year old student at university in Boston. He gets his laptop stolen, unbeknownst to the thief, there was some backup software on on the laptop, and it was you know uploading all the files to a central server that that Mark had access to. So Mark was on there trying to get some files that he'd obviously lost because his laptop was stolen. and he sees this, this kind of this video that, that was that he doesn't recognize and he has a look, and what it is is the thief made a video of himself doing some stupid, pathetic dance to some, I don't know what that song was, but it was some-
1: I think it was Friday by Rebecca Black.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. So he's doing this stupid dance, and Mark's going like, I've got the thief on video. There he is. So what does he do? He uploads it straight to YouTube. Good work. 1.2 million views later.
1: Fantastic. 1.2 million views later, one crying thief later. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see one of the thieves? I love it. I love the, the, the message you sent back. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I saw your laptop.
0: Please take the video down. I'm just it.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It's just awesome.
0: Well, you know, Mark actually is, you know, in response, he's saying he's thinking about whether he should or shouldn't take it down. He hasn't taken it down just yet.
1: It and doesn't it- matter now. The fact that this has happened, how many copies of that video do you exactly. think are Exactly. It's, it's- I know. Points. As soon as, it, as soon as he pulls it, it's just going to be put up everywhere. Yeah, so, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, so he's so Mike... worried
1: about. He's yeah, <laughs> worried about his, his like uh, it affecting him in later life. Too bad, fool! <laughs> Your life is ruined. Don't yeah, see because
0: he says I have two professional jobs. And if something like this gets leaked, so I can get him more trouble and more embarrassed as well. And this is in poor English. Have you as seen well. the spelling? How, how, yeah. no, he
1: can't. It clearly, the professional jobs don't involve him to write in any kind of English or anything <laughs> grammatically correct. It's terrible. I the, know. Note is, the note is full of the worst writing I've ever seen. So <laughs> I know, not even spell a, check. No, no, no. He's just a dumb kid. Yeah. So, too bad. Yeah, absolutely. Too bad. So sad.
0: Isn't it cool how how it all happened? Like you know, the the fact that he had this backup software on his laptop. So yeah. when it was stolen, it was still sending files up to the server. So anything the thief saves on the laptop is sent up to the server. And of course, Mark still has access to all that. that that's a bit that I think is really cool. And the fact that the thief was dumb enough to video himself and save it, I mean, why would you do that? Clearly. I mean, obviously, again, obviously he doesn't, know, he like, like the title says, he doesn't know anything about computers.
1: This sort of thing happens every now and again. I mean, at least once a year, you get some geek just turning the tables on some would-be thief. And, you know, when I, when I was a kid, People like us are into computers. We got you know sand kicked in our faces and by by the bigger kids and went ha ha. What are you gonna do about it? Nowadays, I think people gonna go. Hang on, is he a geek? Yeah, let's not, let's not screw with that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got it. Yeah, don't touch him. Don't go near him because he will cause all forms of pain on us that will last forever if we do. So let's leave him alone and just pick on that hipster over there.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the the geeks win, don't they?
1: They do. The <laughs> geek shall inherit the earth.
0: Too right. Now, what about the FBI after a Queensland hacker? Actually, do you know this guy, who's from Queensland. How big is Queensland? It can't know, be that so big. He's,
1: he's actually sitting here with me. Shall we put him on? Yeah, why not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so a 16-year-old hacker from Queensland apparently took down PHP Fogg. Now, PHP Fog is one of the large hosting companies in the States. Now the FBI is after him.
1: Interesting. I wonder if we have any extradition rights uh, to the US. I'm not sure if we do. Oh, I reckon we do. Do you think
0: uh, so? I think, you know, I actually think Australia, New Zealand, Britain... The US, South Africa, I reckon there's...
1: Yeah, but uh, no, I mean extradition, Right, I'm not, I'm not talking about an American citizen being here, doing something wrong, and we get to send them back. If, 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 uh, yeah, I'm yeah I about- know what you're
0: saying. Yeah, no, I think we yeah. do. I think we do. Yeah. Okay. I could be wrong, but... Uh, hasn't I'm
1: that- going to do something against the US government, and I'm going to see if they can actually legally... Grab me, and uh, <laughs> you don't
0: want to do that. Why don't you just ask a lawyer
1: first? It might <laughs> no, be simpler than trying. Think of the interview. Oh, you could you could interview me on the show. That'll be huge. It's a huge event for the show. <laughs> you, you do that. You do that yeah, for us. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, company director goes goes rogue just just to just to boost his the you know the listenership of, of a podcast. I love it. Oh, I, like, I think it's beautiful story.
0: that you do that for us. It brings oh, a tear to my eye. Would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would because I wouldn't have you on the show anymore. Oh, oh no, okay. we've lost we've lost a. Uh,
1: I could do What's it through that. I could do it through that phone that they have. You know, you'd have to sit on the other side of that glass and. <laughs> you know, in the we, US, that's right. They have yeah, those phones can, on the. Yeah, we can touch hands and you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, you don't want to go to American jail, I mean, nah, think.
1: not only that, I look terrible in orange. And having one of those orange jumpsuits on the time. <laughs> yeah.
0: so cool. Anyway, what ever happened to the the blue and white striped suits that you see in children's yeah. books?
1: Bring that, bring, bring, that back.
0: And what about what about the sacks they used? The thieves used to carry with a big dollar sign on them.
1: Exactly. Why
0: do they do that? I mean, I've never seen a thief with a bag over their back like Santa Claus with a dollar sign on it. Exactly. Yeah. So what were saying about the story? I've completely uh, lost my... train of oh, yeah, thought. Some,
1: some kid did something and got in oh, trouble. Oh, yeah,
0: you yeah, took it out. Yeah, the FBI's after him. The hacker who goes by the alias Elliot was apparently apologetic and contacted the CEO and said, look, I'm really, really sorry for what I did, et cetera, et cetera. But, of course, the CEO was, understandably, still very, very angry.
1: I understand that, but I would have also... There's a lot to benefit from that. I mean, if a well, 16-year-old kid... Can, can, well, I the okay, CEO. sure. Okay, I'd be angry because there'd be a lot of angry customers and there's a lot to deal with. At the same time, the other side of the coin says that a 16-year-old kid took down your entire business and shut it down for a weekend. There's something to learn from that. Get the kid in, find out how he did it, and basically I would say, look, if you show me what you did and you come in and and work here for a week and tell us how to fix this, we won't press charges. And given the kid that already approached him and apologized, there's probably a good chance that he's going to comply. No sixteen-year-old wants to be dealt with the FBI and sent to Guantanamo Bay for, you know, knocking this thing off, off, you know, offline for a weekend. But uh, it appears that the CEO said uh, no, and didn't want to know about the apology. So I don't know. That's it. that. That to me, to be honest with you, that's that's kind of stupid in my end. well. Well,
0: his beef was the fact that what Elliot should have done is. Proved, you know, did a proof of concept, not actually taken down the site, but but done what you can enough to prove that hey, this vulnerability exists, and then do a responsible disclosure. Go then go to the company and say hey, this is what can happen. Here's what I've done so far. If I push the next button, this is what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, that's, Th- that's what, what it is. a responsible adult does. That the kid's 16. He's 16. Yeah, he doesn't care, does he? Well, no,
0: he he, you know, he does it for kicks. And, and more,
1: he's 16. There's more kudos online for taking it for, for you know doing what he did than then being the Robin Hood and saying, hey, check it out. This, this is, you know, oh, I'll prevent this from happening. No, that's what a 25-year-old business owner who wants to prove the worth of his company would do. Not a 16-year-old kid who wants to get a couple of thumbs up on some hacker forum.
0: Yeah, I you know, I must say I'm starting to agree with you, really. I mean, what, what's going to be gained by putting him in jail or, or taking him through the court system and whatever he gets? I mean, it's what's ridiculous. BHP5 going to get out of that?
1: They're not going to get any just- money. No, and no one's heard of PHP Fog. I certainly haven't.
0: Well, they are apparently so, quite large, but I, I must admit I haven't heard of them, but uh, no. I don't know why. So,
1: yeah, they could, have, they could have worked this to their advantage and they haven't. So, yeah, nice But, one. but do
0: you know what? If I was a customer of PHP Fog, I'd be getting the hell out.
1: Yeah, that's right. So they
0: losing customers. <laughs> that's what a, I would be doing.
1: They're not really dealing with it in any sort of logical way. So, uh, yeah, well done, Lucas Carlson. You are the loser of the week.
0: Well, actually, they have actually done a review of their security and there's a whole bunch of stuff that they've now implemented. So they've found yeah, the weak points and they've actually gone through and fixed them all.
1: Yeah, so. but did they ask the 16-year-old how he did it?
0: Yeah, I'm, see, I'm not sure they did. I suspect that.
1: They think they've found some weak points, yeah, until the next 16-year-old kid comes along and knocks them off again. Yeah, no, the idea is you get the 16-year-old in, you ask him how he did it, you find out what else is out there. Come on, this is a no-brainer but. Yeah, or
0: well, maybe the CEO is also sixteen years old.
1: I'm thinking he's a yeah, fifty year old Ferrari driving midlife crisis dude
0: who has no idea of anything. Who to, has no idea,
1: and is clearly just getting pounded by the board
0: to, <laughs> to fix this
1: in an, in an old school way with no sort of modern thinking whatsoever.
0: Isn't it funny? It's the hackers are always sixteen year old kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the new breed. It's what's they spend their entire life doing this sort of stuff and playing around and learning and the older people just are doing it a different way. This is, that's what I mean. This is a perfect opportunity for a company to learn to be better. I mean, they could, they, they, could, they could, if they, if they'd implemented what this kid had suggested, they could have surpassed some of their competitors and, and offered a, a, a more reliable service. But instead they, you know, they've literally got their heads in the sand. And so, yeah, i, I got no, um, i got no sympathy really for PHP Fogg and Mr. Lucas Carlson.
0: I mean, right now we're not even sure whether he will be extradited anyway. The FBI might might not be able to do it or they might not be interested in it. So uh, who knows what's going to happen. And to be honest, like I say, you know, a 16-year-old kid, what do you really stand to gain from that? I, I don't I don't mean, see – I mean, it would teach him a lesson, but surely he's already had his lesson. I, I would have thought I anyway. So. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought
1: so. Mm. He's but, the sort of kid you want to employ basically.
0: You want to employ? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Yeah, well, I would. I would. After you give him a couple of years, let him grow up a little bit, and then employ him.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but definitely. He must to you, Sixteen, but he'd be someone you'd want to watch.
0: Uh, he can be a valuable resource. Absolutely. Now, okay. yeah, what about .dot <laughs> XXX triple x domain name getting approval to go live?
1: I like it. <laughs> you are going to get one? <laughs> uh, yeah, CameronColley.XXXX X-X-X. <laughs> Those videos are off, off the charts. You want to check it out. It's awesome. Um, no, I mean, I like the idea of, yeah, the pornography side of things on the internet. It's not going away. But um, yeah, I like the idea of it being regulated. What I want to confirm, though, is is it everything? Is everything going to shift over there or is it just a new No, you
0: topic? see, it's, it's not going to be. No, there's, there's not going to be any mandatory yeah. directives to say if you've got a pornography site or an adult site that you have to go there so but i yeah. think my, there'll be my,
1: my, sorry i was going to say my my ideal world would be that everyone that has it, currently has a dot com has first rights in purchasing the the dot triple x of the same domain so if you own wildgirls.com you you basically unless you're the owner you can't buy wildgirls.xxx or you get given some sort of time frame, whether it be a year or so, and everything eventually gets merged over. I think the internet needs this. I'm not, I'm not up for any kind of censoring at all, and I, I hope it's not viewed as that's what I'm trying to say, but I just think that... I don't it's know, good the to a, a separate
0: place for it, powerful. is all you're it saying.
1: It is, and yeah. it's fine. As an adult, you can type that into your browser, but as a parent who has to monitor what children look at on the internet, I think this, this is a good thing. Uh, In the same way that, you know, there's red light districts exist in certain places in the world and that's fine. I've got no problem with them existing, but they exist there. They're not everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And And I think the internet is just becoming, it is now this place that's just as big as the real world and i just think that this sort of thing needs needs it needs its own channel
0: every time there's a new top level domain created there's a sunrise period where you can pre-register usually it's first come first served but uh, I, I don't know how they did the 666 one but uh, there's been already 110,000 pre-reservations for triple x domains but uh, you know i i kind of agree with you the thing that will be difficult though is in, i mean look in an ideal world or well, perhaps in our ideal world, all your adult sites would be at .dot .xxx. But the thing is, that's going to be near on impossible to to get. It'd be impossible to police.
1: I mean, surely the, the various governing bodies around the world they could they could come together and say, "Right, we need to move all the all the pornography, all the sex sites, over to to this domain." You know, send an email out to all the people who own currently are, are flagged as being pornography based give them some time frame to purchase their XXX, they get first dibs on that particular, their, their domain name with the triple with the, the x extension, and they take it from there.
0: Yeah, but the thing is, you're going to get people starting adult sites and .coms or leaving their sites at .com. I mean, how, how are you going to ever police that? I mean,
1: Well, you could, you could in, enforce redirects. You could do anything.
0: Yeah, but you have to identify them. I mean, I could register a, a site, ABCD.com, and put some adult material on there. I mean, who's going to come and find find me and say, hey, you shouldn't be putting that on there? Mm,
1: yeah, I guess. I mean,
0: that's that's the bit that I think is going to be too hard. I mean, ideally, because, so, it'd be so much so, easier for, for net filtering, you know, if you could do that. and So you could filter out .xxx if, if you so wish. And that'd be yeah. so much easier. But I, I don't see how you can – I mean, it's a bit like, you know, these viral videos. You take one down, someone else puts, puts one up. Sure, you can go and find them and say, hey, you've got to take that video down because I own that and I want you to take it down. But it's just going to pop up somewhere else and you'd be forever chasing your tail. That's the bit that's, I think, going to be hard to get all your adult sites under one domain.
1: I'd like to see if people like create other things like cooking.xxx and come to church.xxx <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see if, if it goes back the other way, like, uh, you know, my first Bible story.xxx and, you know, non pornography under the. Under the X. Uh, right? Go the other way. Yeah, yeah, I mean you could, and it, I, it can't, it can't, it has to work both ways, surely.
0: Well, I probably will. I mean, surely there's nothing that says you can't have a non-pornography site under XXX. Mm-hmm. But, but at least it's I somewhere wonder... where where people know that that's what you're going to get. So if you're looking for it, I mean, I guess it'll be somewhat self-regulating because if you're looking for that sort of material, you're going to be searching the .dot .xxx domain space. So the guy who runs a porn site at .dot .com is likely to go, going to get less hits now.
1: Will you be able to filter out? Well, you going to go to to, to to Google and say, I just want to search .xxx sites if you know that the majority of the stuff you're looking for is still on .com or... Well, I
0: do that all the time. I mean, not .xxx, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Nice one. That was great. <laughs>
0: Sorry. I do, that. I do that all the time with other things. Like if I want to search for something medical, for example, I'll search .edu or .gov for American government or e- church for education sites. Okay. If I want to search for... Uh, some research that's been done somewhere in here in New Zealand. I'll look for .ac.nz. You, know, you just add site colon and then the, the top-level domain, and you're away. I, I do that all the time, and surely that's what you'd do once everything's at .xxx. Uh,
1: I don't know. If they're doing it to create a new top-level domain to make money, fine. I understand that. But if they're doing it to somehow try and make the adult side of the internet, the, the adult content, to split that up, I mean, you, you either have to go the whole hog or not at all. So either you make everyone previously existing on .com, .net, whatever, any porn content to move over, or you just don't do it. And chances are, to be honest with you, I read this as just being another money-making scheme, by I can't. Do
0: you think so? You think they're just yeah, trying to yeah. get people to double up I, on domain I, names?
1: I really do. I really do. Because there's no way that they're trying to encourage anyone who's previously existing. I mean, the internet's been around, you know, around a fairly long time now. So the majority of well, yeah, the world, obviously, all, all porn, porn content exists outside of the XXX domain.
0: But how would you ever do that for all the country-level domain names? I mean, for .com, which is generic, but what about you know, the .nz, .au, .us, .uk, etc.? How a country manages its own top-level domain name is up to them. Yeah, well... So, I mean, you know, you could have to... I don't know. I think it's, it's too big are a So they're going to they
1: gonna, they do triple x dot nz are they going to do triple x dot au for Australia? are they going to do that
0: well actually that's a good point yeah hadn't thought of that i
1: don't know yeah i think it's i think it's a money making scheme i don't think it's much more than that i mean i think they pushed it through under the banner of we can put pornography on this side of the wall but there's no
0: so what do you reckon about france finding google then is that also a money making scheme they find them a hundred thousand euros for collecting private information over the wireless. You know, this is when they were sniffing all of the wireless, people's private yeah, wireless connections, yeah. getting traffic, recording the traffic that that went across that. What do you reckon, money-making or genuine concern for these citizens?
1: Well, it's Google and, one hundred, you know, 100,000 euros isn't really, you know, if you want to cause some damage to Google, 100,000 euros probably isn't. I'm pretty sure that underneath Larry's couch at home there's just a hundred thousand bucks to sitting there at least change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. You know, he's had his friends over, they're playing Xbox, the money's falling out of the pocket. It's about a hundred grand sitting there. That's nothing. That is literally they would make that what, probably in a couple of minutes. At Google, yeah, they'd need to be hit a bit harder for that. But then, you
0: can argue the same the other way. You could say, well, yeah, I mean, if the French government wants a bit of money, I mean they're gonna go for a lot more than a hundred thousand euros. I mean, that's also like a yeah. drop in the bucket to the to the government. Well, or,
1: I, I guess so. So so why do it at all?
0: Yeah, I know. That's what actually well this is the thing. I mean, I kinda of thought it was it was strange. I mean, a hundred thousand euros isn't a lot for anything. I mean, what are they no. what what's it gonna to do to anyone, to either side? Yeah, uh, for,
1: for either side, I don't know what it it's and it's not like there's other people doing it. They're doing this uh to, to prevent some sort of everyone running around Collecting this private data. I mean it's
0: like you say it could be a warning. It could be just like a hey, you know, we're gonna get serious on this. A hundred thousand euros not a lot, but you know, just But who else is driving
1: around in cars collecting private data from Wi Fi open Wi Fi networks? I mean, I don't get it. I'm not sure at all. This is this is kind of a crazy story. Do you think so? Uh, well, I can see the point, but a hundred thousand euros really? Unless it's just the bad press. I mean, unless no, but that's it's. Just- what I'm saying. I,
0: I think it's just, it could be a warning to Google that, you know, next time it's going to be 10 times that. Maybe. I don't know.
1: Or, or it's more, it's just they needed, they needed to do something in order to create a story in order to publicly hit Google on the nose with a Roundup newspaper. That's all it can be. It's a public smack.
0: Now, ISPs in the UK, get this ISPs in the UK are being urged to block file sharing sites. Now, I don't know how I feel about this, but, you know, is this the thin end of the wedge? Are we going to see net censorship? I can kind of understand where they're coming from, but, you know, they're talking about actually doing this at the ISP level. So ISPs would block all the known file-sharing sites, and we're not just talking about, what do you call them, torrents and so on, torrent trackers. We're also yeah. talking about some of those sites where you can, uh, what are they called, like putfile.com and, and, and stuff like that, where you can upload a file, send a link to someone, and they can download it from there.
1: Yeah, see, that's not fair. I mean, businesses
0: use that for legitimate reasons. I mean, look, let's not be naive. We know that those often do get used for you know for illegal content, but mm-hmm. but you know it's a legitimate business model. It's a bit like saying, well, let's block uh, twin tape decks, which is what they tried to do in the '80s, didn't they? Because you know you can dub dub tapes. Exactly. The younger generation listening to us now are going, what are these tapes? That things that you speak of? But you know, or, or let's uh, let's ban CD. CD writers because you can copy music on them. I mean, so this is the thing. I, I'm, I can see what they're trying to do, but I, I get worried that this is a thinning of the wedge and what next? Are you, oh, what about blocking sites that aren't politically aligned with the government of that particular country in question? You know? But well, China, look at China. I mean, that's an extreme example, but yeah, I don't know. I'm on the fence on that one. But what about this one there? Apple suing Amazon. You'll have an opinion on this, Cameron. I know you will. Apple is suing Amazon over the name App Store.
1: Well, who got in first? Did Apple trademark the name App Store? They haven't trademarked it. They're trying to. I mean, in my opinion, what we now refer to as an App Store, that's an Apple invention. I'm sorry. Yeah, it might seem like a generic term now, but they did start it. Yeah, but it is generic, isn't it? I mean, it's like saying is it? Is it but it, but it's only generic because other people have just copied Apple. And no, 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 no but it, it's, it's
0: descriptive. Fashion. It says what it is. App App Store is application. You know, app is just short for application. Yeah, it's an application mean, store.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. You I, can't yeah. have like
0: what? What if you ban like shoe I'm shop?
1: So I'm so happy Brett's not on here because he would just be going nuts right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm playing Brett's role right now, as you can see. Well, it, but it's but, not
1: the same as shoe store. It's not, But again, if someone invented shoes. And then everyone started copying them saying, hey, I have a shoe store. No, that's the original shoe store there. You have to call yours a footwear store.
0: No, I don't think no. so. No, because it's a description. It's a, a shoe is just a word and a store is also just a word and a shoe it's, store it's, is a store the, that the sells the shoes.
1: The... Yeah. And, and okay. Apple didn't
0: invent apps. I mean, an app is just an application.
1: It's in, it's in their name, see, Apple
0: yeah see this is what <laughs> very smart and actually that's what some people are trying to trying to say you know that it, well actually you know the app is from like Apple no, it's, the on, app, that's ridiculous. it's the Apple no. store you know but it's not about that it's about app as an application and store it's mm-hmm. like you know radio station how can you shoe store how can you try to claim rights on something that's just a generic description of, of what it is I know that, that's a bit like super it's a supermarket it's another one you know we have well what do you what supermarkets do you have over there you've got uh, Tesco's is it or Target
1: Tesco's Oh that, that's Br- Britain is it That's England we have um, a supermarket we have Coles
0: Coles okay have, so so you
1: Coles, know have, so,
0: so they all like somewhere they'll probably have you know Coles supermarket or on the docket or something if, if not on the branding you know or Woolworths supermarket you can't just say well you know I use supermarket first, so you can't use it. It's just a description of what it is. It's it's not a unique name. So I actually think Apple's. I don't know. I wouldn't side with Apple on this one.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm just trying to defend my guess. I'm not sure if I side with them either, but I like how Microsoft stepped and said an app store is just an app store. Of course, of course, Microsoft they're gonna. You know, come rolling on in. Yeah, because the, we're
0: also going to call late. our app store, but we're not exactly, telling you that right now. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, yeah. No. I, okay. I will agree. It probably is a bit pushy from Apple, but hey, you try.
0: You're right. At the end of the day, this is business, isn't it? So you'll, you'll try it's what business, you can. So you will try. What you can exactly. Even
1: Apple is saying, probably saying, "This is crazy. We're not going to win this." Yeah, but, but let's give it we, a go. We I have mean. to. We have to try yeah. because that's that's what it means to to own trademarks.
0: Yep. At the board meeting, they all said, ah, oh, this is just crazy. We're not, we're not going to get this. What? Exactly. No? But, yeah. I don't know who's leading this, whether it's Jobs or whether he really
1: doesn't think it's, it's worth it either. Anyway. Uh, jobs is, no, he's too ill to be dealing with this stuff.
0: Well, yeah. Oh. So I wonder what's happening with him these days.
1: Well, I hope he's doing okay. He definitely won't be dealing with something so uh, ridiculous as this. So, actually, yeah, I mean, I've probably changed my mind in discussing this with you. They probably do need to just relinquish the term app store and, Realise they started the term, but um, they probably can't keep it. It's a, you
0: know. I think it's generic.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, who came up with the name laptop? Did They get to keep that.
0: I mean, it's the same thing, isn't it? Really, you
1: know. Yeah, it really is. So. Uh, and
0: tablet, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, put it this way: when I hear App Store, I think of Apple. Yeah. And, look, I do uh, too.
0: I do too. But I, yeah. I, think that's simply because they were the first, and and it was such a huge success, and that's why we think mm-hmm. of that as, as the the app. It was the first online application store. Well, at least, okay, maybe not the first, but the first successful one, I should say. Uh, Well,
1: definitely definitely pertaining to to mobile phones, and now they have the the App Store for for Mac as well.
0: I don't know which way it's going to go. Personally, if I was a judge, I'd tell Apple to go away. Now, Cameron, speaking of lawsuits, wasn't there a story you wanted to talk about?
1: Yeah, and it it has involved judges telling people to go away. Essentially, uh, the record industry in the US is suing LimeWire. LimeWire being the popular peer-to-peer sharing program for music and whatnot else, basically the record company have turned around and said that LimeWire owe them seventy-five trillion dollars. <laughs> seventy-five what trillion dollars? Yes, that's on the high end. They have actually given them a bit of leeway and said maybe four hundred billion on the low end, but the high end, which is seventy-five trillion dollars, then uh, incidentally that's more than the the GDP of the entire planet. Is it really? It is. It is. Yes. No. Even, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But that's, it doesn't matter. Okay, this all, is of, just... all of our major companies in the world, everyone working their hardest for an entire year, we cannot output more than $75 trillion <laughs> worth of
0: okay, products. Okay. So clearly, clearly that's obviously inflated. How are they coming up with this figure? I mean,
1: how does that work? Absolutely no idea. And the judge, the judge's response was, that is absurd. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, of course it is. It's. I mean, <laughs> they're not going to get that to start with. But more importantly, what makes them think that they can ask for that? I'll tell you what I have seen. And Bruce Simpson, who was our very first guest actually on the show, I think on episode 20 or 21, he runs a blog at aardvark, aardvark.co.nz. Now, one of his little uh, bugbears, and he blogged about this not long ago, possibly in the week just been, was the overinflated figures that the recording industry gives. And often what they'll do is this. They'll say, a CD sells for $30. One of our songs on the album has been shared 10,000 times. Therefore, it's 10,000 times 30 equals 3 million. So we're out of pocket $3 million. What well, they're forgetting, of course, is that if we back up the truck a bit and play time forward in a different scenario where those people did who, who pirated the, the song didn't pirate it, how many of those would have actually gone out and bought it? Maybe one in 10, maybe one in 100, certainly not every single one. So they really haven't lost out on $3 million because no. those 10,000 people wouldn't have bought the CD. Correct. So, you know, maybe the $75 tr- trillion, which, is, which is just absurd, as, as, the ju- as you said, the, the judge mentioned, is possibly calculated by these false sort of mathematics that they do.
1: Yeah, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I mean,
0: I'm I'm glad the judge said it's absurd, actually. That's exactly. a, that's a comforting thing.
1: I mean this is the same industry that when they sued that woman who shared twenty four songs and she owed two million dollars. I mean that's ridiculous. This is even worse.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean how much does that work out to be a song? I, I,
1: I don't know, but they're they're grossly overestimating what people are sharing and what people are paying for.
0: Eighty three thousand I think per song. I mean that's just yeah, exactly. It's it's just
1: it's just greed. It's but it's stupidity. It doesn't even make sense. It's not even. You, you, you're
0: right. I mean, what, what's, what are they going to do? Yes, okay. Uh, lie my can you hand over seventy-five trillion? Just borrow money from every single country for maybe two or three years, and you might get that. I mean, come on. What, what, yeah. Well, nah. what do they expect?
1: Apparently, the, the quote in the uh, in the defendant's note is that's more money than the entire rec- music recording industry has made. Since Edison's invention of the phonograph in 1877, <laughs>
0: well, there you go. I mean, that just they're smacks of absurdity.
1: I mean, I would, they, I wouldn't even, I would doubt that there'd be seventy-five trillion dollars worth of monopoly money on the planet. I mean, that's just that's a ridiculous amount, and for them to bring that up in court is it deserves to get thrown out. It's just so it's just bordering on retarded, really.
0: Is it not surprising that the music industry has has such a bad reputation at the moment?
1: They just, can they not just move on? Can they not work out that things have changed and now they need to try and work around that and, you know.
0: Well, the the dinosaurs are stuck in the last century. I don't get it. That's the
1: problem. I do not get it at all. Just move on.
0: And it's almost like they're clutching at straws now.
1: Yeah, they are. And it's looking really embarrassing.
0: I know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's embarrassing. So... I'm glad you brought that story up because I did see something like that, as I say, Bruce Simpson blogged about it, and I, I kind of read it, but I didn't think much of it at the time. But, se- you know, as you say, $75 trillion being more, th- la- more than the GDP of the entire planet is, I mean, that's yeah, exactly. I mean, come on, go away is, is really the,
1: the answer to that, that. And I think that's what the judge said. Please, please go away now. I've got other things to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> stuff. good stuff. So, Cameron, I appreciate you doing the show with me once again. Thank you very much. No problem at all. So that wraps up episode 109. Thank you to all and see you again next week for episode 110. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's terrible. I did a Brett, actually. He normally does dead ends and go. what was I talking about?
1: <laughs> Where am I? Oh, that's right. I hate Apple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's right. Uh, okay. Isn't it cool how, how it all happened? Like, you know, the, the fact that he had this backup software on his laptop... So Mm -hmm. when it was stolen, it was still sending files up to the server. So anything that the thief sells, saves. Anything that the the thief sells, saves. (laughs) Uh, It's like she sells seashells on the seashore. So so anything that the thief saves... Hang on. Just don't
1: don't say something else entirely.
0: No, I have to say this because it's a nice line. So anything that the thief saves... I want to do, do it. Do you want me to have a go? Would you want me to say it? No. I'll, I'll, I will do it. I will do it. I have to. I have to be professional. So anything the thief saves on the laptop is sent up to the server. All right, Cameron, it's always a good show when you're on. Thank you. Actually, that sounds bad for Brett. Of course
1: it is. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, always, it's
0: always good when you're on. It's really stink when Brett's on. What's
1: we'll, with we'll bread. Is he still around? <laughs> no, I'm trying to get rid of him, don't you Has know? he taking the hint chat <laughs>